wisest man who ever lived wrote in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom in the Bible, and he said these words, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. We live in a world that's crazy to find money or popularity or fame or all kinds of things like that, but Solomon, who actually possessed all of those things, said none of those matter. Wisdom, that's the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. But how do you know when you've found a wise man? How do you know if you're looking at a wise man or not? We can recognize a great athlete by their prowess out on the court or on the field. We recognize a great musician when we him or her, uh, uh, hear him or her perform on the stage. And the same thing with a great artist. We see his painting or his sculpture and we understand their greatness. We recognize a great architect when we see the building that he designed or a great writer when we pick up and read his book. But how do we recognize when we're looking at a wise man? Our text tonight describes the story of some men whom the word of God calls wise men. Wise men was a term that goes all the way back to ancient times. Uh, in the book of Daniel, we find that Daniel, his three companions, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were considered wise men in the court of Babylon. They were not the only ones. Prior to that, in the days of Joseph, the Pharaoh of Egypt had a group of people that he sometimes referred to as his wise men. They were men that were considered to be well-educated, men who understood politics or, or war or, or agriculture, someone upon whom the king could lean to give him wise and helpful counsel uh, at crucial times. In our text tonight, we see that a group of these wise men made their entrance into the city of Jerusalem. We're going to talk to the, uh, about them just a little bit. We read their account. They appear on the pages of Scripture just this one time. They're not even referred to again throughout all of the Word of God, but God saw fit to put their story here. And it always is something that encourages and challenges me to think about these individuals whom the Bible calls wise men. Let's look for a moment at a few things about them. First of all, would you notice their desire? What was it that they were looking for? Uh, they weren't seeking prosperity because they left all that behind. In the east, possibly the region of ancient Babylon, they were well-respected. They were paid by kings. They, they were given great sums of money uh, to offer their advice and their counsel. And they left that behind. They took their money and financed a journey that took them across the, the burning deserts of the Middle East, a journey that cost two, year, two years of their time. I'm not sure about you. I go away on vacation, and after like three days, I'm out of cash. And, it, and it's all done. Uh, these men spent their money. They had to pay guards. Uh, they had to pay servants. They had to provide for animals and food and all of those kind of things. For this lengthy journey that we believe lasted about two years, certainly prosperity was not in their, in their sights and they weren't looking for that. They weren't seeking for power. Because when they came and finally found uh, the young child, the Bible says they bowed before him. They weren't seeking for someone to bow before them, to honor them, to adore them. They were looking for just the opposite. They weren't seeking a position because here are these men and their finery. Here are these men with their titles of wise men. 
And yet the Bible says they fell on their faces before a young child who probably could barely speak, just a toddler, if you will, and they worshiped him. They weren't seeking pleasure. They left all the comforts of home long ago. They'd lived out in the desert for some two years. Uh, they were sleeping in the heat of the day, traveling by night because they were following a star. So that's how they had to do that. And uh, their life had to have been pretty miserable for those couple of years. But they pressed on anyhow because they weren't seeking any of those things. They were seeking a person. The Bible says they came to Jerusalem in verse 2 saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. They were seeking a person. The Bible says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. The Savior taught us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Moses, who had a relationship with God that few of us can even comprehend, uh, actually asked the Lord one day after all that he had seen and heard, he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. I want to see more of you than I have ever seen before. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. John chapter 12, verse 21, there were some Greek individuals that came to the disciples of Christ and they encountered a man named Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and they desired him saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. There are millions, if not billions of people today that are seeking position and prosperity and power and pleasure. And most of them are going to walk away empty handed. And those few that find it are going to find that it is an empty thing altogether. But no one that has ever sought the Lord and found him has said, boy, I wish I didn't do that. Everyone has found themselves in the position of the wise men saying, oh, what a savior. Oh, what a wonderful God. That was their desire. Notice their directive. The Bible says, they said in verse two, we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. We touched on this this morning, but there was a prophecy given in Numbers 24 and verse 17. The prophecy says this, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob and the scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. We're not sure how the wise men in the east came across this one verse of scripture. It is believed that in the destruction of Babylon in 586 BC, when the Jews were carried captivity into captivity in Babylon, they carried their scriptures with them. That would have been Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and so forth. They didn't have all of the Old Testament. They just carried that portion which God had already given to them. And these wise men undoubtedly had come into contact with the Jewish scriptures. And when they saw that star and they, as they studied the night sky, it was new and it was different. And they went through all of their histories and their, their textbooks and they came across but one verse of the Bible that talked about this star that, that talked about the promise of the savior of the Jewish people. And they followed the light that was given to them, not from the star, but from that one single verse. 
They based everything in their lives on that one verse of the Bible. How privileged we are that we've got the whole thing. We don't have but a verse or but a scrap. We've got all 66 books that God dictated to people. I've read accounts in communist China. They have underground churches. And oftentimes, there will not be an entire Bible in, in, uh, to be found within a congregation. It's against the law to own a Bible there. But there will be people that have come across it, and, and what they do is they, if they come a, a, across a portion of the Scriptures, they will commit it to memory because they know that the physical Bible can be taken away from them and they won't have it anymore, but if they've committed it to memory, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee, that that abides with them forever. And as they learn scripture, they share them one with another. And, and I, I think our Chinese brothers and sisters in Christ suffering such persecution uh, are going to put us to shame at the judgment seat of Christ because of how much they love the word of God and how much they've memorized and committed their lives to it. I want you to understand the directive of the wise men was not the whims of the day. Uh, it was not wokeness uh, and all of that nonsense. I read an, an account today. I, I hardly could believe it, but they showed a, a photograph of it. A church in Italy sponsored a nativity scene where Jesus had two mothers. Instead of Joseph and Mary, it was Mary and some other woman, a woke nativity scene. And uh, it's created an uproar. It ought to cause an outrage. Um, we have the Bible that tells us exactly how things happened. Uh, and so with you, I want you to understand the wise men weren't looking for a way out of following the Bible. They were looking for a way to follow the Bible. And they followed it as far as they could, and they got to Jerusalem. He's the king of the Jews. That's the capital of, uh, of the Jewish nation. So they just naturally said, where is he? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? And Herod didn't know. He didn't know uh, the Bible from Dr. Seuss. And uh, so he inquired of the chief priests and scribes. And amazingly, they didn't have to get their, their concordance out or their Bible app. They knew exactly they knew exactly what the scripture said. Micah chapter five and verse two. And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And they had a second verse and they followed that all the way to Bethlehem where they found Christ. You will never go wrong. You will never get lost following the word of God. David said, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The scriptures tell us that uh, the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. That's why we're to read our Bibles and to study our Bibles and, and to learn the Bible through teaching and preaching. That's why we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more as you see the day approaching, because this book will give you light. And you just determine within your heart that you're going to follow the teaching and the leadership of the word of God. And the Savior himself said in Matthew 7, they that hear these sayings of mine and do with them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon the rock. They were wise men because of their, their desire. They were seeking a person. Because of their directives, they were following the word of God because of their determination. They had no idea when they, they left wherever they lived in the East Country that it was going to be two years before they'd find Christ. I'm going to guess they ran into some very long days. 
I'm going to guess that there were some nights as they're traveling and the desert is a, is a forsaken place in the daytime. It's cooler at night, but it's more dangerous at night. That's when the thieves come out. There are sounds and animals, but they just followed and followed. They had no idea that they were going to face the sandstorms. They had no idea what it was going to be like being under tents with the blazing sun down on them all day long, trying to get some fitful sleep, ready for the next night's journey. I wonder how tired they got. If they were riding an animal, that had to have gotten old after a while. Riding a camel might be fun for about 35 seconds, uh, but after two years, you're pretty much ready to say goodbye to that thing. At any moment, they could have quit. At any moment, they could have said, I didn't know it was going to be this hard. I didn't know it was going to take this long. But here they are coming into the city of Jerusalem, and they, they found out he's not there, but they still didn't quit. They found out where he was and traveled three more miles, and they found him. Their determination. The Apostle Paul talked about his purpose in life. David said, I am purposed that my tongue shall not transgress. Daniel said, I, uh, the Bible says, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Paul said, and forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I love their determination. It, it encourages me not to give up. The going sometimes isn't what I expected it would be. The going is sometimes more difficult than I could ever have imagined, but it's always wise to continue on following the Lord because it always leads to a good place, and such it was with the wise men. I want you to notice their distinction. The Bible says in verse number four, I'm verse number three, when Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. Herod was a genius, but he had a lot of um, insanity attached to his genius. He was a paranoid ruler like many ancient kings were, always afraid that somebody was ready to take, take his throne. History tells us that he murdered several of his children. He murdered one of his wives. I believe he may have murdered his own mother because he was afraid she was plotting against him. Most accounts indicate that nobody was plotting against him. He was just that type of an insecure man. So when Herod heard that the king of the Jews has been born, he wasn't happy about that at all. The Bible says that he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him, everybody there knew Herod's temperament. And they knew that if Herod went off on a tangent, many of them could lose their lives. So this was not a happy day for the people of Jerusalem Yet for God's people, it should have been a wonderful day to know that, wow, the star appeared in the sky. God's fulfilled a prophecy. Has Messiah truly come? When he, Herod, had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. This wasn't a simple Bible study. He demanded of them. He wanted answers, and he wanted answers now. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judea, and we read the scripture from Micah chapter 5, in verse 2, then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Do you realize that if Herod really wanted to meet the Christ child and he wanted to worship him, he would have traveled with the wise men. You understand that the chief priests and scribes, they had it in their Bible. They now knew Numbers 24 has been fulfilled. 
They now know the exact place that their promised Messiah has come, but not a single one of them made the journey. None of the scribes who were, who were masters of the letter of the law, they knew all the details and all the ins and the outs. Not a one of them made a three-mile trip to Bethlehem, even just to see if it was true or not. None of them went. The wise men entered Jerusalem by themselves, and they left by themselves. When I got saved in our youth group, we used to sing the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. One of the verses of that says, though no one join me, still I will follow. You understand the wise men made that journey all by themselves. Herod didn't follow. The chief priests and the scribes did not follow. No one else from the city of Jerusalem would follow, but they did not let that stop them. Sometimes we look around to see who else is serving God. We, we look around to see who else is coming to prayer meeting, who else is going soul winning, who else is going to live and do that which is right. And uh, we're, we're sort of gauging our own obedience and faithfulness on that. And we need to get our eyes off of other people and what they are or are not doing and look only to the word of God, to the leadership of the Lord and just go where he wants us to go. And if we go alone, so be it. If others come with us, praise the Lord. But these wise men did not let other people's apathy and lack of concern stop them at all. They went until they found him. Notice their delight. The Bible says, when they heard, had heard the king, they departed. Verse number nine, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, Jesus is no longer a baby in a manger. They're living in a house. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Those that seek the Lord are given the promise, they that seek me shall find me, if they shall seek me with their whole heart. There's a wonderful thing uh, about the wise men is they didn't give up. They didn't stop because the journey was long. They didn't stop because, uh, boy, this is costing us more than we thought it would. They didn't turn back because nobody else would join them on that. They just pressed on. And one day there they were in this house looking at this little child. The star is right above the house where the Savior was. And they fell down and they worshiped him. Their delight. What a wonderful thing to seek him and to find him. The last thing I want you to notice was their demeanor. The Bible says they come into the house, they fell down and worshiped him. Church is not about a place where we come to feel good about ourselves. It's a place where we come to worship the Lord. It's not about where we come to find out how good and wonderful we are. It's a place to come to find out how good and wonderful he is. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. They fell down before him. They worshiped him. You got, you got to understand it. His, his parents are poor. Joseph is a carpenter. This is not a palace. This is not a mansion. It's the, the humble, humble home of a carpenter and his wife and young child. And here are these men in their finery. Uh, we don't know that they had crowns or anything like that coming from the east. Uh, undoubtedly, they were dressed in silks and things like that, probably with turbans, uh, so on and so forth. But these were men of position and prestige and power and all of that. And all of a sudden, you see these men down on their faces before a child worshiping him. 
We're so, we're so content and intent on people acknowledging us and, and praising us and so forth. And if we're going to follow the example of the wise men, we're reminded it's not about us. This is all about him. This is all about him. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all people here below. It's all about him. They didn't, get to, they didn't uh, appear to get very much in return. Would you, would you notice that they gave him the very best that they had, gold and frankincense and myrrh? Now, we may not have that to give, but the Bible tells us, I believe it's Matthew chapter 10, that even a cup of cold water given in the name of a disciple will not lose its reward. Uh, God's not looking at the monetary value necessarily of that which we give. He's looking the heart from which it was given. And God had to have been pleased. God took their story. God placed it in the scripture for us. And the scripture tells us also, he that walketh with wise men should be wise. This world tonight is crazily looking after something that will provide satisfaction and security, safety, and hope. They're not going to find it in money. They're not going to find it in alcohol and drugs. They're not going to find it in parties and and, and all of those things, they're, they're not going to find it in mansions and, 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 and money, cash, any of that. They will find it in a person called the Lord Jesus Christ. He is still the Prince of Peace. Amen? He's still the one that can change lives. And sometimes we as believers need to be reminded of that. We get a little off course. And, well, none of my friends are really sold out to the Lord, so be a wise man and you be sold out to the Lord. Well, none of my friends seem to want to, to go in that direction. Well, you go in that direction and prove yourself to be a wise man or a wise lady. Don't hold back from God. Please give me one reason why he is not worthy of the best of our time and our talent and our treasure. Um, give me one reason. I'll wait. You can't do it. Do you understand that when God gave us a savior, he didn't look around and say, hey, Gabriel, why don't you go down? That wouldn't have worked. Gabriel's a powerful angel, the messenger uh, that the Lord often sent down to, to speak to people here on earth. Michael is the warrior angel of the nation of Israel. God didn't send Michael. God sent his only begotten son. You don't get any better than that. You don't get any bigger than that. How could I withhold my love and my affection and my time, my treasure, whatever God wants, should it not be laid bare before him? If I do that, I'm following in the steps of wise men. The Bible says, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We can't go to Jerusalem, we don't need to. The king of the Jews is as close to us tonight as a prayer. Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. Can I encourage us, church? Let's draw near to him. Enjoy your day tomorrow. Enjoy the gifts. I'm, I'm going to go down early in the morning, and I'll enjoy watching Nate and Gwen and Tommy unwrap their presents. They've been telling me all day long, Tommy, in, in the wee hours of the morning, as I left, it was still dark. He was on the couch. And as I'm walking out the door, he goes, tonight is stocking night. 
I just heard this voice. Tonight is stocking night, and they're going to open their stockings, and, and uh, I, I'll, I'll probably go down and, and watch them to, tonight doing that. I'll, I'll be there to watch them open gifts. Please enjoy that time. They grow up awful fast. Sometimes when they grow up, they move away. So enjoy them while you got them. Uh, and, and enjoy the, the, the fellowship with family and friends. And if you have food and all those kind of things, enjoy that. Uh, I'm going to be enjoying Christmas candy and cookies and cheesecake and all that kind of stuff. Thank you so very much. Um, I'll be the world's fattest pastor within the next two days. I know that's going to, and I'm going to enjoy it, but that is not what Christmas is all about. It's about he that is born the king of the Jews. It's about a savior who came to save people like us. What was so amazing about us that we're worth saving? I have no idea. But I'm glad that God thought we were worth it and sent a savior, Jesus Christ, born in a manger to take away our sins. Let's let's worship him as he deserves. Father in heaven, I pray that tonight...